Come on in. Come on. <laughs> Come on in. Welcome, welcome. The slow road to better. Why do we do the slow road to better? Well, we've been lucky where we can talk about it to our our friends, people here at the Stroke Comeback Center, but now then we can tell more people across the world to learn about it. What is the it that we're talking about? Aphasia. Stroke yeah. survivors. Mm-hmm. TBI people. Life moves on. Inspiration. Help listeners. That our inspiration of a bridge of hope. I love it. Trying to help each other a lifeline. Part of it also is we started doing it. It's not because we just wanted to tell everyone to see what happened to us. But also we wanted to get better talking ourselves oh, with the phaser. Sure. And we wanted to, one day, it's not going to, the phaser's not leaving it, but we'd like to crush it a little bit. Let's listen in. Listen in. This is our uh, our last week, so everybody's getting ready for vacation. So it's like oh, herding nice. cats. Good morning. How y'all doing today? Good, good, good. Good, good. Everybody's good? Good. Uh, well, we are very lucky today to have one Mr. Rasan Holly, OT, joining us today. I know Rasan from my days back at MedStar National Rehabilitation Hospital, uh, where we worked together on the inpatient team. But Rasan and I both have left the hospital but I still reel him back in to come and be a special guest for us to answer all things OT. So, Rasan, before we get started, I think you need to introduce yourself and tell the Slow Road to Better crew who you are and what you are doing these days. Sounds great. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, Nice to meet you. Um, I'm honored to be here. Um, as Melissa mentioned, my name is Rasan Holly. Um, I am an occupational therapist. Uh, I've been treating, I've been an occupational therapist for the past 22 years. Um, and I started at the MedStar National Rehabilitation Hospital where I met Melissa. I am originally from New York, New York City, so born and raised, um, but I moved to the Washington, D.C. area to start working at um, MedStar NRH. As an occupational therapist, I have a particular interest in uh, motor recovery of the arm. So after a stroke or brain injury, helping survivors learn how to use their arms a little bit more effectively and I enjoy looking at different types of and utilizing different types of technologies like robotics, virtual reality, exoskeletons, all different types of technologies and techniques to help with motor recovery after a stroke or brain injury. I also have an interest in research. So at MedStar National Rehab Hospital, I worked at the, in the research department where I did a lot of coordination of different research studies, again, looking at recovery after stroke. 
Um, so I had an opportunity to work with a lot of different devices out there and meeting different companies and understanding how they're using those devices to help with um, recovery. So since being at MedStar, I left about, I would say, what, three years ago? And I started working for a biotech company in Silicon Valley in uh, California. This company, they developed a virtual reality platform for stroke recovery. Um, so what they're doing is using v virtual reality, VR, to help people help their motor recovery during rehab. Um, so I work with this company is called Penumbra, and they're based out of uh, San Francisco. Um, so I work on currently, I'm the study manager. So I coordinate a lot of research studies for this company using that virtual reality system, as well as another product for hemorrhages. So, you know, after stroke, you can have different types of strokes, like a clot or a bleed. Um, this company that I work with, they develop a device that helps with the removal of some of the bleed off the brain for hemorrhagic strokes. So I coordinate studies for that as well. So yeah, that's who, who I am. So along with doing that, I also get my doctorate degree, my PhD, using VR, virtual reality. I've actually have one of your colleagues. I don't know if you guys know Kim. Kim Dyer? Yeah. Yeah. So for our listeners, especially our listeners who've been with us for a really long time, Kim was on the podcast. She may also be the person who holds the records for dropping the most F-bombs on the slow road to better. So if you are an early listener, you will know what I'm talking about. All right. So it wasn't Chris. No, no. It's hard to believe, isn't it? But no, yeah. Kim puts him to shame it's it's almost <laughs> it's but she wow that girl can drop I, an f-bomb that's uh, all i can say that, that about kim <laughs> random things you learn on the slow road to better <laughs> rasan do you know everybody no i don't this is the first time meeting uh tom kitty and erin oh darn um, so you don't know any of these folks do you guys want to introduce yourselves real quick Sure. Uh, I'm Kitty Tong. Uh, in November 12, 2018, I was hit uh, by the car. I walking, walking, and uh, the car hit me. But I'm better now. Uh, before, I was so sad. I was yes, no, crying. But now, I'm better now. I am uh, short sentences, but long sentences, I... Um, yeah, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. All right. I am Erin. Um, I have um, an IG handle, stroke.mama, M-A-M-A. <laughs> and I post um, a lot of things about my recovery journey um, and a lot of tools um uh, about um the recovery journey to see if they work and everything and i had my stroke um right after i had my daughter nine days after um i had my daughter 
and I um, um, couldn't walk, couldn't talk, um, you know, the left side of, no, 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 my right side of my body was paralyzed, but now I'm walking, talking, wow. and, um, and um, I'm have some shoulder movements and can grasp things nice. um but now i'm just um working on my hand you know i wanted to work on my feet you know or my legs because i could see the progress that i was making you yeah. know um but now i want to work on my yeah. arm yeah, very cool. Yeah, no, that's typical. A lot of times um, after recovery, after a stroke is you, a lot of survivors, they, they get the walking and the gait back, right? But then there's still the, um, the difficulties with moving the arm and shoulder. Because if you think about it too, and I, we could talk about this in a sec, but when you're, after we walk, we, you need to use both feet to walk, right? You just mm -hmm. can't hop around. But with your arm, you could always use your other arm to do things. So yes. the brain is very tricky because the more you use your other non-involved side, your brain is plastic, right? So it remembers, oh, well, you'll just do it with your non-involved side. And your weaker arm, that just goes away and it doesn't work as well. So it's a lot of retraining the brain to make sure you use both arms. All right, Tom. Yeah. Oh, and I love that you leaned back. Tom has the weirdest microphone in the world. Go ahead, oh. Tom. I'm, uh, my name is Tom and I like to walk around the, the neighborhood and I go to the gym. So you walk around the neighborhood and you go to the gym. Yep. I walk uh, Lost a lot of weight, and you lost a lot of weight. I'm gonna, I'm uh, gonna be your I'm translator here. I'm, oh, I'm still going. Oh, yeah. Okay. How much? How much have okay. you lost, Tom? <laughs> I spent two thirty, maybe. How how much? Two thirty. Oh, how much I lost? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It's working though. Nice. It's slow, Ten pounds. It's slow. It's slow. Eleven. What? 10 pounds, it's, it's, 11. It's, it's pounds. It's at least. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm, 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 yeah. <laughs> welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the chaos here, Rasan. So for the <laughs> listeners, you can't really see it, but now we have all the ladies flexing their muscles and all uh, the men okay. are just sitting here looking. Oh, thank <laughs> you, Tom. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Now it's a gun show. <laughs> okay, and Pat has joined us. Pat, do you know Rasan? I uh, I'd probably have to see him if I I know him <laughs> if you I can't. know him or not. Well, you can't see him on the screen. Well, he's on your screen right this minute. Do you see him? He's waving he's, at you. It's a All person, right. yes, but I don't know if it's a person I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that I don't know if he's been on the uh, All right, podcast before. He has. Yes. So, Pat, can you tell him about you? Me. Um, I was um, I was done with college, and then I uh, joined the army, and then uh, I was in uh, 
But then like almost 10 years ago, I was uh, in Iraq and I um, got shot in the head and I took off, uh, what is it, 40% of my skull and I had to get a new one. It's called acrylic on the left side. And I had to start everything all over again. Mm. And I had um, spasticity on the on the right and then the arm. So it looked as I always thought forever that I thought I had a stroke, but then my wife told me that it's not a stroke because once you had the uh, penetrating, it's it's different. But I, yeah, I'm pretty much like somebody that had a a, um, a stroke. Right. I'm gonna open the floor to you guys. I hope one of you asks about tone because I hear about it all the time and it's getting colder. So I'd love to hear Rasan <laughs> if he maybe he has um the magic pill to um improve tone. Uh, I wish. I know, right? You just gotta move south. Yeah. <laughs> move south. There's yeah, a there's true. an option. There you go. All right. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to you guys. What what is it that you'd like to talk about? Uh, I want to the right uh, leg. Um, before my summertime, my right leg is is good, but oh, Aaron, Aaron, just uh, I know, I know. Okay. Oh no 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 just no! Quick. I'm just... I'm raising my hand so that way, um, um, if um when we're Sean gets finished. Um, I have a question, and I'm going to write down okay. my question because I can't remember it if I don't. Okay. Uh, just quick. Uh, uh, before my summertime, uh, my sandal was good, but now at fall, my my botox and and my right leg was wrong out. That's uh, what about you? Uh, uh yeah, like summer is good, but fall and win winter was no good. Uh, what do you uh recommend? So, if I understand correctly, during the summertime, your leg was it, you didn't have as much spasticity or wasn't as tight, but now it's getting a little bit tighter. Um, and you didn't have you didn't have Botox yet. I I did, but like uh uh at fall and winter, the muscle was mm -hmm. like tight. You know. Yeah, yeah. So typically, after um spasticity and tone, um like you guys mentioned, with more colder or frigid weather, the muscles do get a little bit tighter. Um, so typically, when uh, a lot of times I recommend the patients I currently see, if they do have tone, I recommend that they do uh, an appointment with their physician for evaluation of Botox during the winter to see if that would relieve the tone a little bit. And also, you might notice a little bit more tone in your lower extremity, especially with walking, because if yeah. you're walking a lot, you're going to require more of those muscles to contract. 
So you're yeah. going to notice more tightness and stiffness. So yeah. I recommend a lot that um, that my patients, they get an evaluation of Botox, possibly in the fall around this time to see if that could last for the winter. Okay. Yeah, great question. I had a, just real quick, I, I had a, a working dog for like 11 years. Mm-hmm. And like during the, the winter, I'd always take the dog out because he'd go outside. Don't but you hate that? That's the worst. <laughs> I, I, I don't like being cold. But then after with the, I can never say the word specificity or whatever. Uh-huh. It's, yeah, yeah, you got it. Like I take the dog walk and my arm would just be like way up, way up, oh in the, up here just doing the whole yeah. thing because it's so it's like it thinks it's frozen or whatever but yeah yeah so i never know if it really was or it's like some mental thing with my arm i don't know yeah yeah so spasticity and tone is so tricky right because a lot of it too is uh from a what we call the cortical perspective too so a lot of the tone it's not under you know a conscious uh perspective that you can control but some of it can be as well so a real effective technique is trying to have to relax and try to think about, and I tell my patients all the time, imagine if you're floating on water to try to re- relax the muscles. And, you know, as you're floating on water, the muscles just relax. That's the type of mindset and the perspective you want to take to help control the tone. Again, some of it's not going to be wiped out and you're not going to like, oh, my arm is okay, but it should help a little bit with the stiffness. Um, but okay. that's where the Botox comes in too to help. Okay, um, thank you. Yeah, no, great questions. What's the difference between tone and spasticity? Oh, great question. Great question. So I, and this is in my perspective and just my, the way I learned it, spasticity is something that's constant, right? So even if you're relaxed, there's always that inherent um, tightness to the muscle. Yeah. Like your hand right now, like I'm saying right now, Erin, that looks like there's more spasticity in your wrist flexors, the muscles that do the move your wrist down like that. Okay. Tone is if I'm trying to move my wrist up, but it is getting a catch. So that's tone. Ah. So you you might hear the phrase used interchangeably. So a lot of physicians, therapists say spasticity, tone, it's all the same. Um, But that's the way I like to think about it is one is more movement dependent. One is more just constant. Okay. So um, I, um, I asked um, the question about tone and spasticity, but that wasn't the original question. Yeah. I see your question here. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, um, how can the virtual reality help me? Um, because I um, can't. Um, I can move my shoulder, but I can't. Don't have the finger release. You know, um, I can grasp things, but I can't let it go. So um, 
um, how or could um, virtual reality help me or do I have to wait until um, I get a little bit more control um, over my hand because it's three years. Maybe this is all the control I am going to have in my hand. Right. No, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so there's uh, different ways to slice that question. So I'll try to go, I'll, I'll try to start at the top. So typically with control in the hand after stroke, it's more of what we call your distal muscles. So the muscles that are closing your hand, those muscles are up here in your at your elbow, right? Mm -hmm. So those muscles are really tight. So there's different ways in which we can control or, or loosen those muscles. One way would be, an easy way is getting an injection, right? So the doctor sticks you with the mu at the muscle. Botox, what does it do? It just paralyzes the muscle. So if the muscle is paralyzed, then you could move your wrist up. But mm -hmm. at the wrist, it's almost, have you, you guys remember back in school, like a counter lever? So if you pull on one side, it pulls up, but the other side stretches. Mm -hmm. at, your, at your wrist or at any joint, you have two muscle butt bellies, right? You have two muscles that are fighting against each other. So the muscles that move your wrist down, they're tight. That means the muscles that move your wrist up are lengthened. So if we loosen your flexor muscles, the muscles that move your wrist down, then that'll help you move your wrist up. But even before you do that, you're looking, talking about your wrist, Erin, but your shoulder, you say you have good movement there, but yeah, so a lot of times a good way to help with strengthening or loosening or controlling your hand is working on strengthening your shoulder. So getting more movement in your shoulder, right? Okay. So if you build up more movements and more strength in your shoulder, that'll eventually help with, with your hand as well. So this leads me to how would VR would help. So um, I get, Melissa, can I share my screen on here? Yes, you can. Everybody set up so they can share. So the real system, this is the by the company that I work for. So what it is, have you guys heard of virtual reality before or have used it? Yes. Yes. Okay, so with virtual reality, you know, you have a headset and you see a virtual screen within this headset. And so there's different types of virtual reality systems out there. Some that are commercially available by like um, uh, Meta or Oculus, there's other video game systems, but what they do is a headset and you would hold a controller to engage in their environment. But what's unique about the real system is that it's actually meant for rehab, rehabilitation. Um, so what we do is you have a headset and inside you have different uh, games and activities that you engage in, but we also have sensors at your hand, on your legs, that can detect your movement inside of the environment. So what you would do is you would start working on different movements, your balance, range of motion in your shoulder, in your wrist, your elbow, 
while you're engaging in the different activities. So for instance, here's one environment we call Happy Valley. Here's another environment where you would move both arms as you move your shoulders up and down, you raise the sun, right? So really working on range of motion at your shoulder. Here's another activity called bird forest. So as you're moving your arm, you're moving birds from a nest, uh, from the, uh, a perch and moving them to individual nests. All mm. at the same time, working your shoulder, okay? Uh, this is by this is uh, Kim's favorite activity, by the way. She does enjoy this one. Another activity that we you can do is more of a sports related activity. So as they hit different objects at you, you can use your arm to hit the uh, different uh, fish coming at you. So all of these different techniques are all meant to work on strengthening your shoulder. Um, so then, Aaron, back to your question, how does that help your hand? By your shoulder being more strengthened, over time, your hand will start getting looser. The tone or spasticity in your hand could be loosened. Now, all that being said, while you're doing this, it's also important that you have to do other things. So we would have to put a splint on your hand to help strengthen or lengthen the muscles we would use electrical stimulation on the other muscles that move your wrist up. We would try to make sure you have the right positioning in your hand. And then also probably explore Botox as a also a nice adjunct to help there. But it's going to take a multi, a multi-phase approach. It's not just going to be VR. It's not just going to be this technology, that technology. It needs to be all hands on deck to try to address it. Um, but this is how VR can be used to help with uh, your hand or a stroke survivor um, and different activities that you can use. Uh, is this, this uh, in the office or you take it or you uh, that's a great question. If I uh, heard you right, um, Tom, it, it's used in the clinic. Um, yeah, so, yes, yeah, yeah, it's used in a clinic. It's not at home, but it, it is used in a clinic. Where would you go? Yeah, what clinics they're at? Um, that's a really good question because it's still a new device coming coming to the market and not all clinics have it. The best way to find out, you would probably need, you can always reach out to me to ask Melissa. Um, she, sure. Melissa can reach out to me and I can find out. Here in the DC area, I don't think there's that many clinics using it yet. Um, there are a lot in North Carolina as well. Um, but I think, again, they're beginning to get out there. So, Or you should be a part of Rashan's research crew. Right. That, that, there's always that as well. You can always be part of my research uh, uh, group and then you get a chance to use it. What we're doing as well with the study is while we're using the VR system, she's also has she also has um, wrist accelerometers or wrist sensors that measure how much she's using her arm at home. Because um, a lot of times when we do these research studies or you see a doctor and they say, oh, how well are you walking? How well are you using your arm at home? We tell the doctor, the therapist one thing, but when you go home, you're doing something different. 
while using these sensors, we're tracking how often she's moving her arm at home. So we can compare that and show that to her as well, just to get a better picture of how often she's incorporating her weaker arm. So that's almost like a Fitbit for your arm. It's yes. not counting steps, it's counting, is that something that's commercially available or is that part of your research and what you're doing? Yeah, it's more, they're commercially available to buy, but they're only used mostly for research purposes, uh, risk of cell rometers. It, it would be great if they do develop something that is commercially available to track it, but is only on research they have them. Don't, um, don't they have some people, I think I might be one of the people, like, like I probably couldn't be using that. Um, what are that things called? Like, you can look through games the or whatever. The head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like my uh, my vision's pretty messed up, and all, but you guys have to find that out. The people, yeah, the the, people. Yeah. So prior to using that, you would probably we the therapist would need the screen. Uh, to see if you have any visual issues or uh, visual perceptual difficulties. Um, with that being said, though, there are different environments that you can use that could be helpful. Um, it doesn't need to be everything like I showed you that, um, that would be appropriate. So as a therapist, they would try to identify the appropriate experience to help you with that. But I, ideally, there are some exclusion criteria to use VR. So if you're susceptible to seizures, probably wouldn't be uh, a great candidate for VR. Um, so yeah. those are some certain things that you want to be careful with. Yeah, Pat and I have a seizure. I uh, have a seizure 15 times, so. Wow, wow, yeah. okay, yeah. So you would need to be careful with something like this. <laughs> I haven't had a seizure in like eight years or something, so okay. I feel yeah. better. <laughs> So then I, I guess the thing is, because they used to have this thing in Walter Reed and you go inside this room. Yeah, Karen. Yeah, Walter, yeah, the Karen system. That's some cool was, stuff. The thing was huge. Yeah. You go in there and then like, it says like, I don't know, I look like uh, you go in there and then they, but then they had like, you had one thing where you're like, oh, shoot, how do you do it? They're like, one of those things like on a boat and so you're like mm -hmm. going to the left and right you go in circles yeah. but you would have to use your, your right arm to be going the right place yeah but then you get tired so you're you starts going down and they like you're, like, you're <laughs> just going in circles instead of you're supposed to be going around the right way and like making points and all this stuff but then they have this other thing you just go walking and different yeah. go around different houses or uh cities and all this stuff but it was yeah. it was pretty cool stuff but yeah, i think it was yeah. like huge stuff it wasn't like what you the thing you just yeah, showed us yeah. no, it's amazing where vr has come i've seen and used the current system a couple of times at walter reed and that when i saw that i was like oh my gosh this is so amazing that's fully immersive and it's like uh, i always think of uh you ever see the x-men with dr Sweet. x he goes in cerebro yeah symptoms similar to that <laughs> Um, but now all that technology is in a headset. So the wow. real system is pretty much all that condensed into a headset. So it's pretty impressive where the technology is gone. Um, so yeah, no, but that's how VR can help 
But to Aaron's original question, there are so many other devices out there as well. Um, and I always like to say there's no one silver bullet to any of anything, right? So it's, all, it's a, common, a culmination of multiple things and different techniques and using and applying different things at different times. So that's why I highly recommend getting in contact with a clinician, a therapist that can guide you like you guys have you know, with the, the club is guide you through which technologies, when to use it, how much to use it. You know how many times what to do so you need a that coach there with you to help you with your motor recovery i got a question for for their hand it's just so frustrating for me personally you need to get that thing i think at, at night you sleep uh one of the uh I forget what it's called so it's kind of like flat and then it's kind of relaxing over supposedly the one thing i cannot figure this thing out like just walking or stretching all this stuff is right between just I can't say words this little this one and this one but right in the middle there's like nothing there it's not Mm -hmm. a part of your uh, bone at all so So, how do I how do I keep that where I can be stretching more so right in between your index finger and thumb right in here yeah is it tight or is just loose? That joint is. It's just getting old, so like it wants to be underneath the other guys. Yeah. Does it tuck under? Yeah, but what's there's got to be some sort of secret, do you know? Uh, are you sh- stretch it more. Or That's what I was going to say. Are you stretching it? Yeah, I try to do that, but it's still or, they wait, don't want to work. <laughs> they don't want to work together. Are you doing this? Are you pulling it back, or how are you stretching it? I just try to see once I go forward, that's when it all wants to really, I can't search that. Everything wants to be all together. We can't see anything, Pat. All we can see is like you moving your arm. Well, I just said I can't show it because I don't know. Oh, because then you'll, you're, okay. When it it goes forward, then it wants to all be together and tight. But when I'm out, all all the way by the, um, then it can be a little. But I, I had one time when I was going to an OT place um, around here, and uh, she told me, the, the OT lady, she told me just put a, a tennis and just leave it there and just hold on That's once in a cool. while. Does that make any sense? Or uh, it's not per- it's it's not. She said it's not perfect, but yeah, I think what by doing using a tennis ball, I can see it because you want to increase the web space. Because what I'm noticing right now is if I if I saw it correctly. It looks like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like you uh you need something in between here, right? So yes. you like any type anytime we try to grab something, we have that web space in between. But because with a, and it looks like you've been using consistently a splint, which is good, but while you're using a splint, you lose that web space. So Mm -hmm. what you want to try to do, and I think the therapist that you spoke to, which is accurate, by putting a tennis ball in there helps to regain that web space. But one thing that you could probably just do is while you're sitting or you're relaxing, is do what you're doing right now, right? So stretching it out. What type of splint are you using now? 
I, it's it's one of I got a couple of them at uh Walter Reed. Is um, it something they made for you, Pat, or is it no, something that's okay? It, it just. They have they had like thousands of them. You just came and got me low tea guy when I was doing it that that one day. But uh, it's 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 kind of like sits like this. It's not like okay. the one I got, the one on that when I was in Casa Kalina by uh, L.A. or whatever. Yeah. They made it and it was just flat. Flat, yeah. But then the then the other ones in uh, OT and uh, Walter Reed, they're saying it's got to be flat. Or, yeah, and, but I don't know, a I don't know what more of a web space. But also, Pat, yeah. I see when you say it's flat. What is your wrist doing? Is your wrist flat as well, like this? It's or flat. It up yeah. a little bit. It's, it's a flat. little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what you want to do? Uh, and this, uh, Melissa. Every time I'm here, I'm like, oh, I wish. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what you want to do, though, because it's flat, you want to try to some way to start getting that wrist up. Remember, like I was telling Erin, how her wrist or your wrist, you have those two muscles, right? Your extensors that move your wrist up, and your flexors that move your wrist down. If you're flat here. It's just sitting there. This muscle that moves your wrist up, you need to actually start getting that pulled back a little bit, right? So this you one's always going hard to go up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly that's what why. he's saying. That's why, yeah. That's And you see how your fingers are curling? We want that wrist to go up, but the finger's straight. So over time, you want that wrist mm. to be, to get, yes, 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 that's what we're looking for. Oh, hey, they're yes. done. Yes, yes. Okay, so just are keep, you doing saying, that. keep doing that. Yes. Are you saying <laughs> that we, um, the splint, um, because I wear the splint at night. Okay. Um, but um, are you saying um, I and Pat or anybody will... Um, anybody is not a fair statement because um, the hands, all hands are different. <laughs> you know, um, um, do you think I should wear it during the day? Because mm. if I wear it during the day, then I can't use um, it. Can't, um, use it um, efficiently you know i can't um yeah yeah that's great question Aaron. that now now we get yeah now you're getting into it so here's the thing are you right-handed or left-handed right you're right-handed but i um have to be left-handed because of the stroke <laughs> right know? now are you trying to use are you consistently trying to use the right hand throughout the day or are you relying on the left hand so I am relying on the left hand, but I, um, so when I, um, am going to the cabinet, I will grab something with both hands, mm -hmm. you know, and then if I'm filling a cup up, I will hold the cup with my right hand and then 
take the um the juice or the water and have it uh, pour with my left hand. Right. So right. I, I I'm trying to use the right hand. You know, um, if I eat, you know, I eat a banana. I will use the right hand maybe for two or three bites and then I'm going to go to the left hand, you know, because it is hard. I did not know how much mental capacity it takes for the, um, to use the left hand arm i'm like oh my goodness you know so yeah no, no to your question though then it sounds like you're using the right hand so why mm -hmm. i've had a other client who mentioned the same thing they were right-handed um and their um uh, stroke impacted their right side and they're trying to use the hand and i this is the same recommendation i would give to you if there are times when you're maybe sitting around watching TV, not mm -hmm. reading, reading the newspaper, and you're just sitting there, I would have the splint on, right? So okay. use the splint during those times. But if you're um, trying to use a hand to open a cabinet, to turn on the light switch, to peel the banana, that's mm -hmm. when you would take the splint off. Um, okay. A lot of times as well, as you're walking or you're ambulating, that tone can get tight, right? Your fingers could curl up. I would use the splint during then too, because that's when you want to keep those fingers straight is when that tone is kicking in. So I would use the splint if you're ambulating. So during those type of situations, I would use it. And then of course at night. Okay. 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 So we only have five minutes left. Wow. That's um, good. Time goes fast, huh? It goes really was... fast. And I have one quick question. Rasan, do you see VR as the future for rehab? And for those people who own like a Wii or a Wii Fit, I know it's certainly not um, research-based, but would you encourage people to use something like that or something that exists in the video game world already uh, as yeah. a way to make it fun and... Yeah, yeah, no, the great question, Melissa, and I'll uh, tackle that one first. I think anything to get the weaker arm or to get movement is beneficial. So if you have a Wii or Wii Fit or um, my, any video game, anything that you can do to encourage movement, to encourage activity and to get up and move, it's highly effective. Um, it goes back to what we mentioned before. We wanted to let the brain know that it's the hemi side or the weaker side is still there. So we want to try to encourage movement as much as possible. So anything that's out there, um, definitely leverage it, definitely use it um, to your benefit. In regards to the future of VR, I do see VR being another tool that can be beneficial in the recovery process. Um, not only with uh, in inpatient rehab, but I see um, opportunities for outpatient. Like if you're doing something similar to this, uh, where you have remote 
clients of put everyone putting on a headset and doing a group setting with sensors and everybody can be avatars and you could do a group therapy session together. Um, I can see VR being combined with um, uh, artificial or generative artificial intelligence where within the headset, that it can detect which experiences that you can do. So there's always, right now, we're already thinking about building up models of what you can do. So if a patient uh, performs in a certain fashion, how does the system recommend different experiences to then help the patient progress? And the therapist would be there coaching and uh, modifying and customizing as necessary. So almost like a playlist, you know, how we're go on Spotify or if you go to Apple Music and you hear a playlist, you can have a playlist of therapy session within a headset and it would go and coach you through depending on how you perform with the guidance of a therapist. So I see all this coming to fruition pretty soon. We're there now. Um, so it's pretty exciting to um, be in the field. All right, so Rasam, before we let you go, is there any piece of information that you think our listeners should have that we didn't ask you? And will you come back um, to see us <laughs> so we can ask you more questions because I've had so many. <laughs> definitely, definitely more than willing to come back anytime. Just let me know. I, I think just in general, I think we touched on a lot, um, but I always, I tell all my clients and that is always, and you guys know this is always, there's no plateau, right? So it is always recovery. So never give up, always keep on working at it. I know it's hard. We all know it's difficult, but just keep on working at it because things do get better and technology is evolving and you have us therapists out here, here to help you and encourage you. So you're doing the right thing and keep it up. All right. Thank you so much for your time and huh? your wisdom. Yeah, there anytime. is no no better way to end than with that thought, never give up. And with that, we're going to wrap it up on this episode of The Sorrow Our lawyers made us say this. Disclaimers. What about disclaimers? Your opinion, the group opinion is not valid. Well, it is, but it's valid, but I'm having a disclaimer so that we don't get in trouble. Yes. Doctors. Doctors. Who's doctor? There's um they they their doctor. Yes. All right. Yes. So, if people hear something on this podcast, you should ask your doctor. Doctor. Amen. <laughs>